been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lounging with Skip. Um, sitting here with this man right here, you know, uh, uh, one of the top barbers in the game, Tiari Edwards. Tiari Edwards, yeah. Okay. That's who I that's have sitting government. right here. Right, right, right. That's, that's who I have sitting in front of me. I call him T. Um, he has a company by the name of Groom City. Yes, sir. Um, he's also dual licensed, barber licensed, Cosmo licensed. He has his own barbershop out in what what area was it? Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho City Cucamonga. I remember hearing that name in uh, what's it next Friday? Yeah. man. I've never been out there, but I remember hearing hey, that. Hey, I thing. like Rancho. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's a good little vibe. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Celebrity barber, you know what I'm saying? He drove way out here to, to do this podcast. So I salute him and I appreciate him for coming all this way to lounge with Skip. Welcome, Man. brother. You know I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to lounge with Skip. First of all, I want to thank you for putting together... A podcast, you know, where we get to really vibe with you. Well, and you get know, man, vibe, so. I got it. I, you know what, man? I, I I picked up some of the ideas from when you was doing your podcast thing, what, the, the YouTube channel, yeah, the YouTube show, yeah, you know the Cut saying? Game Radio yeah, Show, yeah, yeah, the Cut Game Radio Show, because we yeah. had talked about it, and I was like, well, I don't got no cameras, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't got no cameras, but you know what I'm saying, like, but I didn't want to just do it just barbers. I wanted to just the, the network of people that I just know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I said, to have journeys and stuff like that but no go ahead what you were saying no i was just saying you know thank you for allowing me to be on this show you yeah. know and um i thank you for the opportunity i appreciate oh, it you i know? appreciate you man yeah yeah you know what I'm know, saying? appreciate yeah, it you yeah, know? For sure, for sure. i'm on lounge right now i'm lounging with skip yeah, so no doubt, no you doubt. know so what's up skip hey man uh i can't call it man i'm just happy i'm blessed you yeah. know what i'm saying uh you know past that cosmo test you know what i'm saying that was right a three-year journey you know what i'm saying um, let's get into, you know, your beginnings. My beginnings. When you decided to, you know, that that cutting hair was something that you were interested in doing. What sparked that interest for you? Um, I often reflect on my career and I often reflect on the art form of barbering. I always say the art and science of barbering. And I, I got my first pair of clippers at 14 years old. Okay. But, like, it was never, like... Oh, I want to be a barber as a profession because mm-hmm. I was born in 1980, so you know, 14 years old. That's 1994, and mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't no social media. It right. wasn't any of those things. I just known the barber for being a guy in the basement, older gentleman with maybe from the military or whatnot, just mm-hmm. doing haircuts. But everybody like a fresh haircut. It mm-hmm. just does something to your soul. It just does something. Just that experience just being in a barbershop. I always liked that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I actually liked the mystique of barbers. Mm-hmm. That's what I really liked about it. And I liked the fact that the community somehow found their way there mm-hmm. and it was all love. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, you was in a room sometimes with some real killers, mm-hmm. uh, some real some, just all some over pastors, the place. Whoever, pastors, whoever. Teachers. And everybody's in there vibing, talking about sports, talking about whatever, mm-hmm. and I always like that experience. Mm-hmm. And you leave out better than you came. Mm-hmm. So to me, the barber shop was a good safe haven, it was a good spot just to get some good game from. 
So that's what. So you you realized that before you were fourteen. Before I was fourteen, like in grade school. Yeah, just nature. always had a good experience. I didn't like the barbers getting at my mama. Mm. You know, you going mm. there with your mom and mm. stuff like that. But early on, they was my getting, uncle, so they was getting on her right in front of you. Like shooting a shot. Kid know mm-hmm. when the yeah. barber's taking the shot, but okay. my parents been married forever, so mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, you know, any further it was gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. problems. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting up there like, hey, you a good barber, but you a yeah. complimented my mama too yeah. much. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. like you know, that was probably the only thing I didn't really like. I'm in there like, you know, like man, mm-hmm. you know. But like, just, just, I just think back as a kid, so. Like 14, I had my pair of clippers because it's a lot of bad barbers out there. What kind of clippers did you have? Just some home. I actually had a Oster, pair of Oster burgundy clippers that had no adjustable lever. Yeah. Had that little switch. And those are the uh, yeah. the uh, clippers that I was fortunate enough to have as 14 years old. Yeah. But right when I started using them, I eventually dumped those for whatever I got it. I don't think it was Walmart, but whatever wall clipper I got at Walmart. I mean, it got it at a store similar to Walmart. Going, talking about those clippers, um, there was no lever on them. So if you wanted to do fades, you had to unscrew them and things. Like that. And each well, time you, you just were had adjusting to, the blade. That's when you had to really work yeah. your taper comb. Yeah. And you had to work your guards. But I didn't know what I was doing. Were you cutting your hair? Started out cutting I was cutting uh, my Hispanic buddy, Victor. Okay. I cut his hair. That was when... The Hispanic brothers had the bangs in the front. Okay. I think my, you know, the Asian brothers too, they had the bangs in the front okay. with the buzz, like a flat top with long bangs. And okay. They brushed their bangs all the way on top of their head. Gotcha. I did that haircut. That was my first haircut on okay. Cat Named Victor. Mm. And he liked it. Mm-hmm. He liked it. It was fun. How much did you get paid for the first time? I didn't even charge. It was charge. something that was like, that was just something we did. I was fortunate enough, you know, for him to let me cut hair on it but I have a twin brother okay so we both definitely was in the hair at the same time and um I had went to went away to college in 1998 in Michigan and my brother stayed in California where, where in Michigan did you go to school well first off before we get to that how did you pay for the Clippers like was it like allowance that you had you know what my mom just supported mm. my mom very supportive you mm. know my dad too, but you know, mom is she, like. She got him for you. Yeah, if she see me and my brother do anything together, it don't matter what it is. She okay. gonna she gonna get it because that's gonna keep us busy. And okay. I think moms like twins to stay, mm-hmm, you together. know, together. You know, enjoying something, keeping each other company with something. You know. So, so okay, so fourteen, you started high school. You're cutting Victor's hair. Yeah. Um. So were you the kind? Were you the person that was cutting hair like in the garage, in the well, backyard? What it, what it was, um, I've cut a few people in high school, but for the most part, I didn't cut in high school. My mm. brother did. Okay. My brother, he he had a natural. He was a natural. Mm. Oh, so and, y'all both were cutting. Oh yeah, we he both was were cutting. cutting. Too. He was he was a natural though. Okay. So I did that one haircut. He's trying to really cut mm. with those clippers. To me, it was like. I did that cut, I'm good, you know. Okay. He's really trying to cut with the clippers. Okay. To the point that about 16 years old, we went half on a pair of, I don't know if you remember uh, the outliners with the uh, gold, it was uh, Andy's T, whatever, the outliners with the gold blade, mm. but you can only get them in the clamshell and they had African American pictures on the front. You could tell they marketed those products okay. yeah, to African Americans. Yeah, we okay. had the clamshell, so okay. we had a pair of black 
outliners because that's what the clip, that's what the barber had um, at, the, at, the on, shop. On to the, at the shop. Yeah, Mike. I still mm. keep in contact with all my barber connects, Mike. Uh, now he's out in Rialto. But I remember we went to, we're in Pasadena. We went to Baldwin Hills Plaza. It had like a beauty supply place mm. near it. We're kids, 16 years old, and mm. I remember we paid 80 bucks for those clippers. 80 bucks. We went half, $40, $40. Mm. And then we had Mike adjust it for us. Mm. But mind you, that's still my brother's thing. But when you twins, it's kind of like like whatever moves we making, we can split it in half. Yeah. Yeah. And we both benefit off of it. That's it's not, you know, you're not really going off of, hey, well, I did this. I, you're not doing that. you just kind of like, first of all, you're just moving in the spirit. You yeah. know, you're not even, I don't yeah. know, a twin experience is a different experience. So my brother's now loaded up. Mm-hmm. So just to see him cutting friends, we all in there. Now we lounging with Tara. Right. You know, that's right. my brother named Tara. We lounging with him. It okay. just so happened he's cutting, but now it's keeping a good group of people. So we're actually... Uh, replicating somewhat of a barbershop vibe. Gotcha. In the garage. And my okay. mom see us out there. She gotcha. she she like just imagine, you know, especially being in inner city, like your kids can be all over the place. But the know they, they, they in the, the garage, garage. Right. and it's taking up all type of time, mm-hmm. you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, so my mom now as I think about it now as a parent, my mom did a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. She she like, I know my kids safe. They back they in the mm-hmm. back. And they, you know, they see same type of friends we having coming yeah. over and a good group of friends. So, you know, I see it now as a parent. So, so when, okay, so then you said your brother stayed here and then you went off to college in Michigan. Yeah, I went to school in Michigan. What school did you go to? Uh, Oakland Community College. Okay. Yeah, I stayed in Rochester Hills, Michigan, my grandma. Mm. Uh, both sides of our families from Michigan mm. um, in like the Pontiac area. Uh, um, not even really Detroit, just straight up Pontiac, both sides. Okay. Uh, both sides of our family kind of like grew up together. Okay. So it's like when I go back home, you know, I'm seeing my mom's side, my dad's side kind of simultaneously sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. But so I go back to Michigan. Everybody's big on education on my dad's side. Okay. My mom's side, everybody pretty much artists as I look at it, but they just, should, you know, you're common folk, you know, common people. And, um, and, um, yeah, my dad's side, they're big in education. So, you know, I'm like, no, I'm going to college. So I'm staying at my grandma's school. house, and so you know she fully supported me. I'm the oldest grandchild, okay. so she was all excited. But I didn't do well in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the same way. Yeah, my, I withdrew my. all my classes before I got F's. And oh yeah, your first year. Yeah, yeah. You was I, like, you was like, oh, out the gate. Wow. So then my my grandma, she was just like, like grandma, you know. Um, you know, how's school going? Uh, grandma, you know, I'm giving her updates. She was just, I was just like, so I got to move now because I know they big on education. It's not going to be comfortable here, mm-hmm. you know. So she was just like, well, what you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go back to California. She mm-hmm. goes, she was upset. Mm-hmm. She was like, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to go to barber school. Mm-hmm. I blurted it out, but it's crazy now that I think about it. It felt powerful when I blurted it out. I only blurted it out because just to give a backstory, my brother during the time I was in, in Michigan going to school, he was working at a barbershop, Magic Shears, okay. on, um, uh, what street was that? Uh, Magic Shears. He was, it was in L.A., Magic Shears. And he's cutting. So we talking every day, like, oh, man, this happened in the shop, this happened in the shop. I'm like, you cutting in the shop? Like, in my mind, I'm like. Now, was he in he, school? Did he go to school? That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the barrier to entry? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With anything. When you're a kid, you don't have any guidance, really. What's the barrier to entry? Mm-hmm. Like, you cutting hair at a shop mm. and so you just 
uh, you know, uh, just telling me like, you know, I went up there, I want the cut, and they said, come they come in. come through. He was serious about. It. I guess mm. when you older and a young cat really like, I need like like I need this opportunity. You kind of not gonna get in his way because you can kind of know what when somebody's serious about that. So because my brother, probably eventually he probably would go to school. Oh, uh, exactly. But well, then, well, well, you know, I mean, you, you eventually. I mean, they were they probably was thinking he probably eventually will, but. He's young. We we rather have him up in here than out in the street. You know what I'm saying? Hustling let's, or whatever. Let's, let's keep it real. It's a lot of barbers right now. There's barbers that's unlicensed. So mm -hmm. it's not like yeah. people are really tripping off a license as you being official. Mm -hmm. You got a young kid coming in through the door. He wants to learn the craft. I'm pretty sure older gentlemen wouldn't mind sharing that right. with that person. So my brother was here every day. So while I'm in Michigan, I was waiting tables at like a five-star restaurant. I was actually making good money. I was making probably like five, seven hundred dollars a week mm. while I was in Michigan. Mm. So I had money on me. I had about eight hundred in my wallet. I kept about eight, nine hundred in my wallet and like three grand in the bank. Kept mm. that's that's what I kept. Mm. So I was just like, when I moved out to California, my brother's out there doing the barber thing, and I'm like, I gotta kind of live up to my words. I don't know what I'm what I like like I don't I blurted that out, but I don't know how to. To get to, 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 to get to that That's what he's doing But I'm like It's intimidating You can't just go in the shop Yeah I'm just gonna do this Nah these are real people Coming in here It's right. just a whole level Of confidence you gotta have right. in, in your skill to Deliver service To paying customers Right 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 So I would go up to the shop um, Cause I would drop him Drop him off at work And then now I got the car You know I'm Now what, around what year is this? This is 1999 mm. So we're 19 years old So Um of course, my mom excited. You know, he didn't go to college, but he's working. Okay. You know, he's working. He's doing basically what he's doing at 14. So I would drop him off in L.A. I'd be gripping through L.A. Mm -hmm. And then so I'd come in the shop, chill, chill. And then when he's done, I would work. I would go home because I didn't have much going on. That would keep some of the heat off me at the house. Okay. So then after, my dad, he owns a martial arts school mm -hmm. in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty big martial arts school. That's like the family business. Mm -hmm. So I was just like... I need to make some money. I'm used to getting, I'm used to making about five, seven hundred a week. So I ended up working with my dad at the Kung Fu school. Okay. So I was like, I'm gonna learn to. So you weren't even, barbering still wasn't in place yet. But not because I, I couldn't cross, I mean, he's doing it for real. Right. He's not cutting one friend in the garage for two, three hours yeah. and we just talking. He's doing it for real. Right. Like, that he's levels ahead of where we were, you know, before, like, like, wow, he's really working hours, cutting hair. So I'm just like, well, let me do the Kung Fu thing. So I'm working in my dad's school or whatever. I'm like, I'm gonna make myself love Kung Fu. Mm. So while I'm doing it, I'm like, dad, you know how much money you gonna give me this week? Now I gotta come up to him on some, you know, what you feel you gonna give me. Mm. I didn't like that position. I don't like positions of weakness. Mm. Like that, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, when I have an opportunity to do some type of something to empower myself. So he give me sixty bucks here. Said in my mind, I'm like, it's not <laughs> like I was telling him. In my mind, I'm like, like, like that's no money. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm up here kicking my legs, <laughs> stretching mm -hmm. and prepping for classes. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching bad kids. I got to figure out how to get the kids in order. Five days out the week. Yeah, five mm -hmm. days out the week for sixty bucks. I mean, I'm just, I just remember a couple times he gave me 60, and I wouldn't trip because I'm getting, you know, I'm getting some good food. My parents, you know, they're treating us, they got a good environment for us at the house, so it's not like I'm tripping, but I'm just like, 
But you know, I want to make some real. I, I'm 19 years old. I need to make some real money. Like, like I need, like you know, I need to make some real money. So, I was teaching these triplets, and their father is uh, Chuck Walker. Okay. Chuck Walker owned Justin Times uh, Barbershop. He had two locations: one in Pasadena, and one in uh, Pomona. Mm. So I'm teaching this triplet. So one time, I one day I seen him. I like, man, my brother a barber. You know, talk to him all of a sudden. He hired my brother on the spot. My brother now is working down the street like a straight shot. We coming from Altadena because I live in Altadena. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said Pasadena earlier, but it was Altadena. Okay. So I'm going straight down late. My brother dropped my brother off. Now I'm dropping him off like right in Pasadena. Then I, you know, I grip a little bit and then go to the Kung Fu school and then come back in my brother. So I'm like, damn, he got an opportunity right there. And I went in there, oh, man, half the side was stylish. You see pretty women coming mm. through. I mean, 19 years old, you like, you in this environment and you leaving out with money? Yeah. So it was a commission barbershop. So my brother got like $300 check his first week. Mm. I'm like, hey, $300 being in an environment with pretty, mm. smelling all that pretty, mm. pretty women. Like, I could smell, the, mm. you know, mm. the smell and everything. I'm like, and at the end of the week, you getting some money? I'm like. You going to work fresh for purpose? Like, mm. it's purpose to go to work fresh. Mm. So I'm at the uh, Kung Fu school, and I'm, I'm happy for him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the owner was like, I want both twins up there. Man, he came to the Kung Fu school with a bag of clippers. Who? Chuck Walker. Okay. And was like, I want both the twins up. Y'all superstars. Kept saying that. He kept saying that tomorrow. He wrote on my brother's first check. You know, man, y'all superstar. My brother showed me, like, man, look at that. He put superstar on my check. Okay. So, so I was like, I told my mom, I was like, man, he gave me a bag of clippers. Like, she goes, uh-uh. How many clippers was up in there? It was three wall seniors, gray ones, mm-hmm. and three Andy's outliners. So six like, clippers. Six clippers with guards and combs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just give them to you. Like, just here. here. Just here. Yeah. So my mom, she said, you know what? Tomorrow you're going to give him his clippers back. And I'm going to go buy you some clippers. So my mom, she went to go get me clippers. And I didn't even know what I needed. But my brother kind of was helping me out. She spent 800 bucks that day. Because, you know, it wasn't no Amazon. So yeah, you get yeah, stuff yeah, or whatever. Retail, the barbershop, barber salon or whatever. Beauty supply or whatever. So anyways, I got all these clippers. I go in there. No lie. It was all the way sink or swim. This just in times of Pasadena on Lake. If anybody ever familiar with that. It was a shark sink swim. It wasn't no holding your hand for nothing. Yeah. It was a hold your hand and get you in there. That was it. Right. At that point, you on your own. No, that was all the way. I'm talking about this is grown men. You in the neighborhood. It's yeah. gangbangers yeah. coming in. If you, if it's you, people you, high. If, if you messing up my head, I might I might fight you type of vibe. Man, it, it was an environment that had everything. It had everything, but it, but you, you're... You're, someone's paying you for a service right? and it's in the end of, you know what I'm saying it's a different kind of crowd coming in mm-hmm. so anyway so I'm going up in there I'm like ooh this for real so mind you ain't now by no, this time no, how many heads have you cut none in your life you only cut like what three maybe four heads three okay so I go in there right kid come in there 19 years old 19 years old okay kid come in it's like September 1999 kid come school, in there school school just started for the all kids, that, all that. Okay. Kid coming there, not even the kid, about 14 years old. Oh, okay, I can take you. Everybody's busy because it was in there where they gonna they cut all day. They not letting you get nothing. They not 
feeding you nothing. When I'm talking about nothing, nothing. So you anyways, I get my first cut really in the chair, it. right? So yeah. I'm, I'm hyped. I felt confident because my brother, I'm like my twin brother, got it. He got it out the gate. So I started cutting, 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 cutting. I ain't put a cape on the kid. <laughs> It's hair everywhere, you know, and I'm like, for real, yeah. So I'm like, man. So then, uh, I call him my mentor, Chuck Walker, came okay. over there. Oh, my brother, put the cape on, boom. Kind of helped me a little bit, help me, help me, help me, help me. Next cut, boom, I cut. He come through, help me, help me, help me. He was helping me. He was helping me, and my brother was helping me, mm. and it wasn't quite clicking. But I knew what good work looked like because. You in an environment where I still say some of the baddest barbers came out of, um, like I'm talking about in the, 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 the U.S., mm. but definitely California, came out of that bloodline. Mm. You know, it's kind of like uh, uh, equivalent to like, you know, some of how some of the high rappers in California they yeah. trace their bloodline to Dr. Yeah. Dre yeah. and such. So yeah, yeah, it's it was like that blood. Yeah, it's one of them bloodlines. Okay. You, know, you know, Conrad mm. came from that bloodline. Mm. You know, you keep going. It's too many names to drop. So from that shot. He hand chose me and my brother and sit there and groomed us, bro. And groomed us. Mm -hmm. In an environment where a sink or swim. And I remember I would get it and not get it. Get it and not get it. And I remember one day I was sitting there and Cat came through and he said, How many you got? <laughs> I said, you next. I mean, I could go deeper to uh, like how the barbers would be like, like they wouldn't let nothing come through the door. You know, everybody had people waiting for them, and yeah. they trying to take walk in and stuff. Man, like, yeah, yeah, I got you next. I got you next. Yeah, and I remember yeah. one day some of the OG barbers, some of the seasoned barbers in there, was not really working, and they walked past. I mean, the, this particular person walked past and was like, "How many you got?" I said, "You next." No lie. Two minutes later, cat came in, walked past. It was like, how many you got? I said, I just got one in front of you. Because I'm hearing the conversation, how you do, how you dictate your your, mm -hmm. your, your appointment. I just got one in, I just got one in front of you. Mm -hmm. All right, bet. Sit down. I'm not lying to you. Another cat came through. Like, how many you got? I was like, I got two. He said, you work, you be up here tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Boom. I finished cutting the guy in my chair. Mm -hmm. He looked in the mirror and was like, uh-oh, Chuck, you got one. Mm -hmm. You got one. He got me looking right. Mm -hmm. You got one. Mm -hmm. He got up, cut that client, other one cut that client. Every since then, the confidence level just every like, since then you know it was I was using terms like I just got one in front of you. Mm -hmm. I just got one, mm -hmm. this and that. Every since then, that mm -hmm. was like like it might have been two thousand. Okay. Early two thousand. Okay. Mm -hmm. It might have been late ninety nine. I can't really remember because I was garbage for about three months. This okay. went on I wanted to but quit every you, day. Imagine wanting to quit every day. Because you're going in there, you're seeing everybody for working. For about three, four, or five months. You every see, day. You're seeing everybody in there working, and you sitting, and then, you know, you're seeing cats coming through. They they snatched them up. You're trying to get yours in. But then you got a client, they like, this ain't no haircut. Like, what are you doing? Like, where'd y'all get this? You know what I'm saying? Complaining. Then Chuck come through, and he'll help me blend that out. Just magic, just like you got an eraser, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'm sitting there watching, watching, watching. But one thing I would do is when I didn't have no cut, I would sit there and religiously watch yeah. the barber, like, 
and then I would dream about the haircuts while I'm asleep. Like, I would dream about the different techniques and stuff mm-hmm. like that. For real, it was crazy. It was like magic was so, going on. So, do you think at that point, that's when you all of a sudden caught the barber eye? Because I remember when I got the, that barber eye. That was in barber school. Yeah. You know, I was cutting all that time. But it wasn't until I was cutting random strangers getting in the chair and doing that repetitious, repetitiously. And I noticed my eyes begin to change. Yeah. I remember that specific Saturday when they changed. Yeah. Like um, I would say the barber's eye, I would say seeing good work all day, mm-hmm. that's all you know what's being produced. Right. That is the product. Once I seen my work look close to the quality what that was there, seeing. and then I was able to see a person come in, no matter if they were two weeks out from um, a haircut or two months, and you're able to see, see the finished product that quality cut on them before they sat down. Right, 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 when right. that happened, right, right, right. That's when I knew I had the barber's eye. It's right. when I seen what cut I'm gonna apply on this the person cut before he before he even sat down. Then once he gave me the instructions, I may make some adjustments right. or I'm just like, well, I already know this what type of cut. It looks like a grown out such and such. Mm. Looks like three weeks, you know, and that's when I knew I had the barber's eye because I can eyeball what type of cut I would put on that brother. Mm. Period, yeah. and when you when I will produce it, oh that feeling is crazy, yeah. cause you like once you I produce the thought. Once you hand once you hand once you hand the mirror, and they you like this they, they this look, was invisible. You this already was, know. I know for me, when you that confident in the cut, you you hand you hand the client the mirror, you can just kind of turn away, kind of just do some talk, say something to the next person, to the next bar next to you, or say whatever, because you already know in your mind. The cut is good, you know. Yeah, what I'm saying? but, because it, but how I kind of was on it, it was like this was invisible forty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe my speed wasn't there an hour ago. Like this was invisible. Like this was a thought of mine, and I just produced this thought right, right on you. So like it materialized itself mm-hmm. in, in the physical. Right. I used to trip off. I still trip off that to this day. Hmm. That's that's interesting because that was pretty much what. The, that spark in you of seeing a haircut being done in your mind is what intrigued you enough to continue to do that each and every cut that each you and every did. Cut. And that kind of goes back. You know, I say this because it's you know it, it, it's the same. Yeah. Um, for me in eighth grade, my in my I was intrigued by how hair grew, and it was a cat in front of me in shop class uh-huh. that. He would sit in front of me, and he would have, like, he would put, the, it would be designs in his head. Yeah. And I tripped off of how on Monday, it would be, like, a star and some parts on another side. And I'm looking. But then by Wednesday, that's, the stars blended out, and there's some other stuff going on where the parts were. Yeah. So I was intrigued by that. It was kind of like a fair coming to, like, if you drive past a, a shopping center with the parking lot. Yeah. And it's a parking lot. But then, on on during the week. But then that Friday morning or something, you see the the fair coming through, like with the rides and the, yeah. the Ferris wheel and all that showing up. And then by Friday night, everybody's out there and the cars are gone and the Ferris wheel is gone and the rides are happening and the cotton candy. And by Saturday, it's all just popping and you're like, damn, this this was just a parking lot. Yeah. But then by that Sunday, you drive down the street and the fair is gone. Yeah. To me, that's how I looked at the hair. It's like, damn, it was there, 
but now it's not there. Yeah. To me, that intrigued me to 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 because I wanted to do designs, but that intrigued me and made me want to find out more about hair because of the fact of how hair grew and how it's, it, it yeah. was a fresh design there this day, but then it grows out and now you can blend that away and put something else yeah. on top of that to where that's even, it, it was as if that never existed. Yeah, nah, growth you patterns know? and yeah. stuff, it's all crazy. Like, like sometimes you just look at, like I seen like a picture of like the universe mm -hmm. and different swirls and stuff in there and you sometimes look at hair and it kind of looked like the universe mm -hmm. with that swirl that most people might have, like towards the, towards the crown and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And you just kind of see like, like, you know, especially different patterns and growth patterns, textures of hair. Mm -hmm. It is intriguing. Now, it is intriguing. To manipulate that, yeah. you feel like you're doing alchemy, like yeah. you're an alchemist, you know, because you're manipulating with product, with techniques, with uh, different type of utensils, mm -hmm. tools, and... It's like creating, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you cut hair, it's like, like, like I produce music. So to me, cutting the head is like making a beat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when I hand the client the mirror and they looking in the mirror, like, yeah, that's like me making that beat and folks is bobbing their head to yeah. the beat. Like they it's just, and it's a high for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so how long did all this go until you began to, so when we met each other at the symposium, was that where it started to register for you? Like maybe I can take this further. Nah, to go back, to go back there. Uh, I just was known locally as being my brother and myself. Just known locally as being like legends, like for real. And I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. Mind you, this might have happened. We was like twenty two, so I'll say two thousand two, two thousand. Now, did you ever go back and get your license? Oh, we can go back to that right now. <laughs> What's dope about Chuck is he goes, one day he came up to me and said, now you ready for school. Mm. So I don't really know quite his philosophy, but to make a statement like that, maybe we can grab something from it. He mm. said, now you ready for school. So he linked me up with a school. It was called, he linked me up with a school. It was American Barber College on Vermont Slauson, mm. Mr. Gibson. OG, still alive today. He probably a hunter. Mm. And I, I actually met up with him a year ago, and when I met up with him, he jumped out the truck. Like a Toyota Tacoma. Mm. He like, he like, you know, he got the little rail, and then he, he jumped off that. I'm mm. like, I know he's probably 96, <laughs> like for real. Mm. Had a whole conversation, and gave him a hat, and he was like, hey, when I, you know, I like, I know older cats be liking little hats. Mm. Mm. Gave him a Kango hat and stuff, so... I actually uh, met up with him, but it's just crazy. Like, like I think when I took his class, he might have, I mean, when I went to his, his school, he was probably like 80 or something. Like, you know, and it was a good experience. It was a good experience. And when you came through up under Chuck, they just treated you right. Mm. They treated you all the way right. And they were using the hours I would work at his shop. Mm as hours towards my gotcha. license a little bit. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. And I would go there. Ooh, and I was cutting so f fast back then. I would work on Saturday. You know how they were charging like $5 haircut? Yeah. Most cats struggling up there. Mm -hmm. I was knocking out like two, three an hour because they'd be simple haircuts. And then if it's a fancy cut, 
you know, they charge more. So most people came in there, they just wanted an all even. Mm-hmm. I knock out like, no lie, average three, four an hour. Mm. So my six hours there, I made the money. Mm. So they was really like, you good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you good. I know where, you know, when you leave here, I know where you, you and Chuck hands right. and he was grooming me. So, so you, know. you so being up in the shop, man, after, you know, after all that time, and you was like, okay, now what? What else? Yeah, so now I'm in the shop, and I'm just like, what else? You know, and then life started happening. Mm. Got married, mm. had my son. Um, two years later, had my daughter. And a lot of ups and downs. I kind of had a love-hate relationship with Barbara. Mm. Why is that? Because I've always made the same amount of money. Mm. You know, remember I told you I was waiting tables, making like five, seven hundred a week? And then with Barbara, um... You know, it was more than that, but, you know, it was like, always like the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then hearing the same conversations, mm-hmm, 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 and mm-hmm. the internet came out, and I realized a lot of that conversation was lies, mm-hmm. you know, or, or it was missing, it was partial truth, mm-hmm. you know, mixed with a bunch of fillers. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just sitting there like, I want more. I want more. Like I slid into this. Mm-hmm. Like, did I have? Did I have? Did I really make a decision to be a barber? I slid in this due to the fact that I had nothing else going on for myself. But I didn't make a decision to be a barber. Mm. So it kind of bothered me. Like, you know. So I tried to do real estate. But then I was like, I don't want to do real estate. I'm just doing that because people making good money. Mm. That to me, that's whack. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool because we live on Earth. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm like. I don't want to do that. Mm. I feel like an artist, you know? So I did want to dabble with music too, but then I'm like... I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know too many handful of rappers and producers that's not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I need money. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually need money to live on earth. So I'm like... To me, this now this ain't no one week conversation with myself, or no one month, or no one summer. Mm. This probably took place about five plus years, yeah. maybe more. Yeah. And I'm like, I always wanted to be a barber. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with this art form. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be nothing else but a barber. I guess I had to go through all that, but I was like, how can I flip my barber game, my cut game? To the type of income I need to live a lifestyle on earth that you want that I want so then I started you know just in my head just coming up with different scenarios and trying to execute them now how long ago how long ago was this when you started coming to About these type of 29 which is what year 2009. 2009. 2009. Yeah, since I was born in 1980, I can kind of remember my dates based on that. But 2009, I'm sitting there, I'm about to turn 30, and I was in the barbershop, and I was like, looking around, everybody's cool people, and I was looking around, and I was like, man, F this place. <laughs> I'm out today. Mm. Because I was supposed to open up my shop at 25. And I'm 29. If I stay here one more day, I'm not going to do it. I gave my seven-day notice right then and there. It was a two-week notice, but my seven-day notice. No, I gave it the next day. My seven-day notice came with a thank-you letter and two weeks boofering. Right. But I'm, I said, I'm out Friday. They was hot off that. I'm like, how are you hot off that? Pay, I 
Give you a two week notice in the form of this bread mm-hmm. that you cash the next day. Right. They was hot. They was upset at that. Like, oh, what you gonna do? Which, like, I was supposed to consult with them on right. my exit. Right. I said I came up with this yesterday. Right. That's all you need to know. Like, I'm 29 now. I'm not a kid. Mm. I don't need to explain nothing to you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be respectful right. because you're running a business. You mm-hmm. know, you have two weeks worth of right. boot rent. You can use that two weeks to, to whatever you need to do to, to fill, somebody else fill, to up fill up the chair. the chair. I gave you 14-day notice. That's that's acceptable in any job. So I left, and I went to I already cut a deal with a barbershop down the way. I said, you know, because um, like I said, me and my brother was known for being, you know, like legendary. So I was like, I work in your shop. Um, $25 a week boofering. How much? $25 a week. It was a new barber shop open. The dude didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't even a barber. Um, and what's crazy is, I know for a fact in my heart, his parents put that barber shop to keep tabs on him. Kind of like how my mom was cool, knowing me and my brother was in. Mm-hmm. They did that purposely for him. and he, mm-hmm. They shouldn't have did that. He had a clubhouse. They put together a clubhouse for their son. But I was like, look, I'm going I'm to put, I'm going to, you know, we're going we gonna to build this business up. But that's what I'm bringing to the table. So they agreed to that. Then it went to 50 a week, but it stayed at 50 a week. Damn. 50 a so, week. Yeah. yeah. So while I was there, I was like. It's like 2010. This is 2010. Mm. I, I was like, I'm going to open me a shop. So I'm going to stay here for no more than a year. And before I hit 31, I'm going to open up a shop. I couldn't even stay there a year. It was just. It was too much. I'm not even going to go into detail. Mm. It was because it's minor. I'll just be up here complaining. For the most part, it wasn't for me. Right. So I put in a final location in downtown Pomona, uh, signed the lease. But it, since it's a downtown area, you got to get approved through the city. So mm-hmm. that means it's going to sit on somebody's desk for X amount of weeks, mm-hmm. then go from that person's desk and all that. So it, it wasn't like just cracking open the shop. I had to wait for mm-hmm. planning department mm-hmm. and all type of other departments. So I couldn't handle it. So one day I was sitting there and I was like, First of all, I called the, the owner, dad. What's crazy is he was my client. Mm. His dad and the son on the barbershop. I was like, I'm letting you know when your son coming here, I'm firing on him. Hispanic brother, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? I said, as soon as your son come in the door, I'm firing on him. Well, he's been an asshole lately. Whoop his ass. That's what the daddy told me. I'm like, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I'll let you know about it later. So down, hug up the phone. So I'm pacing back and forth. He came in about 5 p.m. I already done cut two of my favorite clients. I'm in a good mood and stuff, so I didn't do that. But then after that, one day I was sitting there and I seen him mistreat a barber. This is a young guy? Young guy, way, way younger, about 10 years younger than me. So he's probably like 20, 21. Mm. And when I seen that, I'm like, don't, don't hurt, don't do nothing to him. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I already owe you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you up here mistreating somebody to to make your your friends like y'all getting a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Y'all getting a kick out of that. So then after that, oh yeah, friends, friends was up there. Oh, it's a clubhouse. Okay. So I called my boy. I said, Hey, where you at? Because they had a video moving company, so they had video their own trucks. I said, Hey, where you at? Oh, I'm like 20 minutes away. I said, hey, come come get my stuff. Like, I ain't ask him or nothing. I gave him a, uh, hey, man, come get my stuff. He already knew. He's like, I'm, I'll be there in 20 minutes. He get there. My brother came. I called my brother. 
Yeah, some small homies. They grabbed my barber chair like it was a, a bag of laundry. <laughs> so, 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 so you had your own chair? I had my own chair. I always had my own chair. I really? got my own engraved chair. Grabbed really? my barber chair, put in there, grabbed all my stuff, put in there. So then I'm driving the truck. I'm like, where am I going to go? You know, so then after that, my boy was like, oh, you can cut in my house. They had like a mini man. They, they still got. They got like a mini mansion in Upland, California. Okay, now hold on. Let's, let's go back to that. Okay. The, the own, your own shit. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about something like that. Yeah. So you have your own chair. So in a situation like this, you would have you would take one of those chairs out and bring your chair in. That's yeah, how yeah, I, yeah. That's how I'm like, I'm like, I got my own chair. I don't know where you're gonna put that. I got my own chair. What made you, you know, what I'm saying, decide to do that? When I had my kids, I was like, this is my heirloom piece. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I got it engraved. It's like my heirloom. Like, this all, this what I'm going to cut in. Um, my chair right here. Period. So you can always take it with you. You know, It's what heavy. We- it's dumb heavy. And I still... I I, I, I kind of moved a lot, but I moved into my own stuff. But it's dumb heavy. But yeah, it go with me like... You know what would be so dope is like having up? like one of them, them type of mobile type of chairs. Like as a barber, like... If someone, I got like, one if someone, if someone is like, hey, hey, you know, come to the crib. I got a chair that I actually cut do that me. with. You can bring a mobile chair. I got a chair that's way light enough to do that. It's For official real? chair. It don't lean back, but it's official. Mm. But yeah, but uh, back to the story. Yeah, uh, my brother, some home, home grabbed my chair like a bag of laundry. Boop, put it in there, put all my stuff up. And I was like, man, I don't know where to. I was like, what am I going to do? He goes, man, you going to cut it in my house. Mind you. This cat, this is my dog to, to this day. He's probably, I think he's 30. I'm 37. So he's seven years younger than me. This was when I was 30 years old. So mm. he's probably 23 years old. Mm. So he's all, he's all, you cutting at my, at my house. Mm. I'm like, how you make decisions at your house? So we get up to the house, right? Drop all my stuff in the garage. His dad comes down. What is this? They Haitian. What is this? Yo, oh, Tiari's going to be cutting up here until his shop is ready. Cool. His dad said, cool, now I can get haircuts and pajamas and walk back upstairs. Hmm. I was like, what? So anyways, I was cutting out his garage at like a mansion, dog, like Hmm. a little mini mansion. Hmm. Then we took it to the backyard uh, because it got too hot in the garage. We took it to the backyard. Hmm. They got a pool with the slide coming down like that. We Hmm. were slapping dominoes. So clients Hmm. would come get their haircut for me during this time. I didn't like it. The whole time I was like, when is my shot going to be ready? I should have. I learned something from that incident. Man, you got to enjoy that time. Like, mm. I'm actually talking to myself right now. You got to mm. enjoy them times because, man, I could have, if I can go back in time, I would have been all the way relaxed, slapping dominoes with my clients. I would have came to work with my, my mm. swim trunks because people was coming getting haircuts with their swim trunks, mm. going swimming because they done got friends with my homie. Mm. So we up there playing we, dominoes. I got clients in the pool. We think about that. It's like hindsight 2020. We, yeah. we think about that after the fact because in those type of situations, you you end up being good anyway. Mm-hmm. So you look back on that like, man, I should have just relaxed and, and just enjoyed that moment. You <clears> see, <throat> that's by living those moments and taking that type of knowledge in, it lets you realize and understand that no matter what difficulties or obstacles you go through, still enjoy the moments. Exactly. Because the thing is, I'm like, Oh, now my clients come through. I'm cutting out of somebody's backyard. All this kind of stuff. I was thinking they didn't like it. Man, I was after when I got my shop. They was like, "Hey, I low key missed it when you was at the like you missed that spot." Hey, yeah, I used to go swimming. I'm like, then my brain start going over little different scenarios, playing different movies. I'm like, 
you was up in there going down that slide, mm-hmm. getting your hair cut. Now I think about it, that's fly. Like, oh, I just got a fade. I'm about to jump in this pool. It's mm-hmm. summertime. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mind you, you know, they was probably mid-20s, some mm-hmm. of the clients that was doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boy, mid-20s. So he, in his mind, he was having fun because we, his backyard was cracking. Mm-hmm. Trying to tell you, it looked like a, it was a barbershop vibe. Outside in the backyard with a dang pool, he was barbecuing and a big old wood table where we playing dominoes. I guess dominoes, you know, bro. for something like that, you you was just you was you wanted to actually be in your own at that yeah, point. I, so I, it didn't I, matter yeah. what type of fun something was, you was already focused in your mind of where you wanted to be, and you weren't going to be happy until you was in that place. Yeah, because a lot of times we might be focused on so much on the future that we can't enjoy exactly. the present. Exactly. So the present time, I didn't even have the vision for that. Like, I could not see what everybody else was seeing exactly. and enjoying. I did sometimes when I was doing work, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm playing domino, but then I got wife and kids go home. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, yeah. I ain't playing so you got, dominoes. Yeah, I'm, plus you're focused on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I got, I, you know, I got to. You got a wife and kid Yeah, home, I, I got to go bring these spoils yeah. home. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, so how soon? So you went back to your shop. So you got into your shop. Yeah. You had clients. You had your clients. You had barbers coming in and things of that nature. Nah, nah, I didn't have that the first year. Okay. My first year, I was by myself. I didn't have enough money to put the barbershop all the way together. together. I didn't have no sink. I had that piece together. It grew like a plant. Mm-hmm. And then I had to do like how when I went to the the Kai's barbershop and was fifty dollar booth rent, mm. I had to give out fifty dollar booth rent to make my spot attractive for people to come there. Mm. So um, they had a barbershop that closed down. They had a shooting in that barbershop, oh, and then shit. some of the barbers dispersed and eventually it closed down. I got a few barbers from there, some some of the superstar barbers. Then they was enjoying working with me so much that they hollered at a couple other barbers to come through. They were unlicensed, but I took them anyway because I'm like, shoot, let's get this going. Mm-hmm. So then my barbershop ended up being like, definitely had some of the most talent, period, in Pomona. Okay. Or I said 20, 30 mile radius. So we was rocking, rocking, rocking. And then my mom saw me getting down. My mom always wanted to open up a soul food restaurant. Mm. So the spot next to me ends up being empty, and my mom signed the lease and opens up a soul food restaurant Ooh, right yeah. next door. I think I'm I remember you telling me about that. So, bro, I had my mom and my mom's kitchen next door, Ooh. all access. And my mom, I love my mom. My mom is like, everybody love my mom. So she's not, it's, it's like, what you want me to cook you? Like, come through every day. Like, imagine going next door. What you want me to cook you? Oh, I was bored here. I got some. I got a bag of shrimp the other day. I'm about. I got you some. Go ahead. You know, uh, go with your client. I bring it over. Wow. I got that treatment for four years. Wow. Man, we had it so cracking. My mom ended up being like a like heavy in the community. She would have jazz nights outside the barbershop. So it was like it was crazy. So was Firefighter. Yeah. Oh man, it was dope. Dope. So. One day, my mom has a heart attack in the in the restaurant, man. Yup, has a heart attack in the restaurant. I wasn't there that day. I was at home because I started taking Saturday off, you know, because I was making a little bit of money. So I was taking Saturday. So I was only working, I think, Tuesday through Friday. I don't even know if I was working Monday. I was working Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So I take Saturday. But Saturday, I'll come pick up my boyfriend, you know, and then mm-hmm. go about my day. That was all. I, I don't even feel like talking about that, man, mm-hmm. you know. But... I, I will eventually get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That Saturday. Yeah. And, um, man, my mom had a heart attack at the barbershop, man. I came down there, and 
the doctor recommended that she didn't open up the restaurant. Mm-hmm. My mom's a cigarette smoker, and that was her second heart attack. My mom's not old. My parents, my parents, I'm 37. My dad's 57. My mom's 56. Mm-hmm. My dad be 58 in August. My mom be 57 in July. So it was like, it's like, um, you know what I'm saying? They not old. So that was her second heart attack. So mm-hmm. cigarettes, for real, contribute to congestive heart failure, for real. So my mom closed up the restaurant and she wasn't doing too well after that heart attack. So imagine working in a barbershop and every day people coming in, hey, where her name is Cassie. It was Cassie's Soul Food Kitchen. Hey, where's Miss Cassie? And I got to tell lunchtime rush and like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever rushes, I got to tell all those people because they knew my son worked next door. So I'm telling somebody every other minute, my mom is sick. Or whatever, you know, they close to her. I was like, damn, my mom pretty close to all her people. I'm like, they just come in and order food. I didn't know my mom this well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, she's not doing too well. Like, like now nah, I'm like, my mom ain't doing good. Like, she closed and she ain't doing good. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm saying that every day for three months. So I called the, the, the lease cat, I mean, the owner that we're leasing the building. I said, if I stay here one more week, I'll surprise myself. I'm not working here no more. He already understood. He goes, hey, if a guy wants to open up a cigar shop, if he, I'm going to have him see if he could choose your spot. And then, you you know what I'm saying, you good. So then, sure enough, the guy was like, um, no, uh, this is a good spot. Is it up? How fast can you be out? I said, give me, give me 14 days. I said, matter of fact, give me seven. Mm. I told everybody, I'm closing him up. Close up the shop. So now I'm like, where am I going to work? I mean, it's like the same situation. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I going to work? So I talked to the owner. He owned the whole block. So he goes, I got a little room up in here. If you, you know, take that or whatever. I was like, yeah. Because I, I started doing the film. I got my book for my first film, 2012, called Supremacy. Okay. Uh, with director Dion Taylor. Who was in that? I think I'm... Danny Glover, uh, Derek Luke. Yeah, that was that like a movie where... Um, it was based on a true story. It was like in the house? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and they basically some, was held hostage by... Yeah, uh, it was on uh, Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing film. So I got I was a barber on that film. That's was my a barber first, on that film. My first film project, okay. man. No lie, I met... Um, I'll tell that story real quick and I'll go back. Um, I, I went to Chuck E. Cheese one day. Mm-hmm. With my church family. Mm. And I met, I call her my sister now, but her name is Karen. And she was there. She was like, yeah, I'm working in, um, with film. She goes, I've been hearing a lot about you. And I said, what do you mean? Because I know she worked in L.A. She said that some of the women that she cut in L.A., mind you, I'm in Pomona. Mm-hmm. Some of the women that she cut in L.A. be like, oh, my husband, Barbara, Tiari. Like, for real, like, basically, they speaking highly, the wife's are speaking highly of me. Mm-hmm. She's like, I done heard this name a couple, you know, Tiara, unique, you know? Like, I done heard this name a couple times. Like, who's this Tiara cat? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I met Chuck E. Cheese, and she's there with one of her sister, her family member. And um, she was just like, and I cut her husband. So she was just like, oh, I've been hearing about you. Like, I work in film. If I ever need a barber, I'm going to hit you up. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, cool. Gave her my car. Boom. That's it. Good vibes from her and everything. So then one day I'm sitting up there and I was just like, I'm like, man, I want to do something else. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I got this shop popping. I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to be a sheriff. 
<laughs> I went to the LA County Fair. The sheriff looked at me. I was on my weights. I was I was on my exercise program. He see he looked at me. Go, hey, should be a sheriff. Never thought about it. Whatever. Gave me thing. I went through it. Oh, they was on my head. Mm-hmm. I passed all the tests and everything. I was in background. And then I was praying, man. You I said you was in background. I was in background to be a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Man, I was in prayer one day and I said, man. God, I don't want to be no dang police officer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be the police officer, man. But I was like, that's the only thing. You know, when you when you don't have no college education and stuff, you, it, that, that's one of them good jobs. You can get, make some good money without having, you know, uh, you know, formal education. So I was just like, I don't want to do that. I want to work in film. I want to cut hair and film. So you knew so before. So that's what. Well, she doing. when she told me that, I, my my imagination was going crazy. Mm, okay. I'm not lying to you. I less than seven days. It could be the next day, two days later. She called you. She called me. It was like, um, we shoot Monday. I'm gonna shoot you the script tomorrow. Read it, and I'll see you Monday. Like, do you want to work on this project? You know, I'm like, yeah, all, all day. What's up? Mm. I'm gonna see you the script. Blah blah blah. Monday morning, six a.m. I pop up. Three days after the call, and after that prayer, it was probably like I don't know a day or two, three days. Who knows? It's close. Cause when it when it happened, I was like, "Ooh, mm. God is real." You know, you be having mm. some situations where you mm. like, "Damn, God is real for real. Mm-hmm. He care about mm-hmm. me, and it, 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 like He care about he my def- little problems." He definitely, he definitely shows 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 you. Yeah. The signs. So then after that, I'm on set, sleepy. First day I had on some shades, man. I was falling asleep, walking, standing up. You know, because. <laughs> 6 a.m. I'm nervous. I didn't get no sleep that whole day. So my the sleeping night before. The whole day before. Like I'm like, you know, like tomorrow I'm finna work on set. Like, you know, you know what I mean? I got my bag prepped. You know, look, my outfit, like it's like first day of school. You know, it's not like I'm trying to be fresh. It's just I'm super prepared. I got it all laid out. I'm like, I'm about to be on set tomorrow. It's Danny Glover. Like, is you know what I'm saying? Like Danny Glover. Like I'm not sleeping. I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. That junk hit me about 6.30, like a wall. In the evening? A.M. Mm-hmm. I get there at 6, 6.30. All that kicked in. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh. Now, like, now, like, now, was this before everybody came in? And this was like right when everybody was man, coming they in. They put it all together. Man, I remember that. And I said, I can't, I can't shake this. Fell asleep a couple times. Like, I can't shake it. I'm like, oh, don't tell me this you, happened to you. You ain't go to crowd services, get no coffee. I didn't know the game. This is my first time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know none of the game. I'm, I found a little room down that. But somehow, some way, I got, I don't know, like them couple 10 minutes where I sit down there, sit down there. I had, an, I had about 8% in my battery, you know, and I was able to operate. And eventually, you know, I got through that first day. And. People like love they 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 love working with me. Mm-hmm. They like the product I brought. They like the quality of you know just they yeah, just like yeah. what I was bringing to the table. Right. To the point where to this day I still cut the director mm-hmm. uh, Dion Taylor, and you know I consider all of the all of the guys on that project my friend. I still to this day uh, my, my my sister Karen just recommended for an AT and T commercial mm-hmm. that I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Venice okay. Beach, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like. To, the, to this day. So, supremacy. You did that. Do you remember how long of a day? Like, how, like how many days? Uh, I shoot? think it was twenty-five days, I believe. Okay. And I might not have worked all of the twenty-five, but I probably worked 
23 of them. No, I worked. I worked almost mm-hmm. all of them. I think it was only a couple of days where I didn't go to work. Okay. So this was 2012. 2012. Okay. Now, after that, you were back in the shop. How did you feel going back in the shop after being on set for them days? You're like, man. Well, um, was you like? I was like, nobody really had my back when I was running the shop. But then I was in transition. You know, with my mom and all that was going in transition. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, I done closed on my shop, and I'm on this project, and then I'm about to, then then um to add to the story. You know, he ended up having me in a private room. So now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have this private room and work in film. Right. God is sustaining me mm-hmm. while I'm while I close down my shop and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm like 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 I see the. The situation God is mm-hmm. God is creating for me, mm-hmm. and I'm liking it, you know. So man, I was rocking that little room, and and I was getting projects like one, two a year, right. you know. Um, but kept my imagination going, kept it like okay, cool. And then and then um, I was just like, I need to get in this union. So what? But hold on a minute. How did you find out about what the union even was? Well, my mentor, which is um, I call her my sis, which is um, Karen, um, the, the 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 female who you know I met at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. She had gotten to the union, so she's a she's a hairstylist. Okay. So she had gotten she's everything. She she that's what she is in the union though. But she right. she she do it all. You know, beauty, anything regarding beauty. Mm-hmm. But she actually done produced a couple films by now too. But anyways, so. Um, it's um. She brought up the yeah, union yeah. Too. She she was just like, I got in that union. You need to get in the union. You know, we gonna get you in. This not this project actually get me in. You know, she, but briefly though, cause she got her own thing. You know what right. I'm saying? She got her own thing. I gotta do the knowledge. Right. You know, but just just little tidbits. It was shared mm-hmm. when she when she sharing with me. But she 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 a hustler mm-hmm. and she's a grinder and she's an artist and you know. So it's like. I'm not getting information like sit here, here go the information. Right. Nah, it's just it's, like this is nah, what this nah, is. Nah, so I gotta you, know, you do your research. I gotta do my research and dig and grind myself. So so then um I realized that I need a cosmetology license. Mm. And now when the symposium came about, this uh-huh. was fall two thousand fifteen. Yeah. So, did you work on anything else on supremacy up until that point? Yeah, I did. I worked on a movie called Life of a King, where I was cutting Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. I worked on a movie called True to the Game. That's a whole story that I'm not even going to talk about. <laughs> um, what else? I worked on some stuff. I did work on some stuff. Okay. I can't really think about it offhand, but I did work on some stuff. So by the time the symposium came around, which was uh, September 2015, were mm-hmm. you in Cosmo school then? No. Okay. No. That's when I got the confirmation, you really need a cosmetology license. It's not going to happen. So then after that, I enrolled, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the next day, but it probably was 72 hours I enrolled mm-hmm. in the cosmetology school. And I always, always kind of knew I needed that, but... How you gonna go to cosmetology school when you're a full-time barber, right. full-time husband, full-time parent? Yeah. Like, how you gonna do that? How yeah. you gonna go back to like? How you gonna do that? Yeah. You, you did know, it though. I I did it. You know, God God provided opportunity for me to knock that out, and I did that. You know. How long did it take you? 
It took me about a year. Mm-hmm. It took me about a year. I had some setbacks. You know, like like you know, we all, but it, it just just delayed me a little bit. So, when and got your Cosmo license, I know you was happy about that. Now, oh, here it is. Yeah. now here it is, dual, dual license. Yes. You did what was, um, ex- you know, recommended to do to be able to be eligible to join the, the union. Yes. The local 706, for those out there that don't know what the union is. Yeah. It's the, it's the hair and makeup um, union. Yeah. Um, so, here it is now. You got all that. And... The director of Supremacy uh-huh. comes back to you and says, "Listen, I got this movie with Omar Epps, right?" Yeah, yeah. It's called Traffic. It's called Traffic. Comes out April twenty seventh, I believe. That's uh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, this year. Yeah. 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 Um, so you were the boss. So how how was it working on the set, cutting up Q from, yeah. from Juice? You know what's crazy is. Um, during this time, I got to work too, so I saw all the exciting things that barbers were doing on social media. So I started competing as a barber during this time. Uh, I got seven first place trophies yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I started what, uh, doing what, that. What, scene. what hair shows were you? It was like barber. It was a lot of like the barber, uh, or urban, urban barber uh, uh, shows and stuff like that. But that's what I wanted to be involved in because that's. That, you know, you got to display a lot of skill. Accolades. You got to mm-hmm. display a lot of skill. So, one of the um, competitions that I won twice was the Juice Fade. Okay. Where I had to duplicate Tupac's haircut mm. on the movie Juice. Mm. And I won first place twice from that. One in L.A. and one in Tampa, Florida. Mm. So, that that movie, to prepare for that that uh, competition, I watched the movie Juice. I paid attention to Tupac. And, I mean, I love the movie Juice. It's yeah, a classic. It's classic. So it's crazy. Shortly after that, I got Omar Epps in my barber chair. What was that like? That's what I'm saying. So you didn't know that you was gonna have him sitting in the barber chair. You on set. He in the chair. You about to cut him up for this movie, and you just got done watching Juice. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I don't get like starstruck. Yeah. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know it's not about that, but I don't really get starstruck. I kind of like. It's weird me saying this, but I get like deja vu a lot when I'm working with the celebrities. Like, I was going to meet them. Mm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I got that with Tyron Turner. I worked on the film with Tyron. I, was yeah. like, I knew was, I was going to meet him as a kid watching him on film. I was knew, that done before? So that was done That was before. done recently. That was done. After the uh, yeah. traffic movie? Yeah, like. Okay, okay so, so we'll get to that after yeah. this. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, and then like, um, um, Cut knives, you know. Mm. I've cut him for about close to a year. I knew so you was cutting knives. You was cutting yeah, knives. Yeah, I was cutting knives. Knives person barber, and oh, I yeah. knew. I was okay. Yeah. I knew I was gonna meet. Like I'm like, I knew in my heart as a kid I was gonna meet these people. Okay, you know so, what I'm so saying? You was like it's crazy. Barber for a year. Here, his L. A. Barber. L. A. You know barber. You yeah, know, for a year. Travel yeah. And stuff, so when he come out here, barber. Boom. Yeah, for about a year. Mm. Yeah, about a year. Yeah, I've cut his son when he come out. Come wow. out here too. No, oh, now it's cool peoples, you know. So it's like it's crazy, like. But when I'm cutting the celebrities, mm. I really feel like it was like a deja vu. Like I, I, like I knew as a kid I was gonna be, like now it's happened, actually happening. But it's like a, it's like a familiar type vibe. It's interesting that you that you mentioned that too. It's like like I said, man. These types of things when they come to me, it's like in '85, my first hip hop album I bought was Crush Group. Mm. Crush Groove record. 
on vinyl. And to look on the front cover and see Sheila E, Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, Run DMC, you know, these people. Yeah, legends. On the front cover. And then who is this guy in the middle? Blair Underwood. Who yeah. is he? You know, I'm reading on the credits. Well, Blair Underwood, who is he? To be able to start cutting his hair in 2011. Wow. You know, from seeing him and, you know, back of my, from the first hip-hop album. One of the first hip-hop albums I got. Yeah. That, to me, it was like, I don't know, I can't explain it because it was like, when I started cutting him, it was like, you I knew, knew this day would come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. And then when you meet him and then he's cool, y'all cool, it's like, Okay, yeah, it's like you it's like it was it, it, it was meant to Yeah. Y'all was meant to be cool. Like I knew But you didn't know that then, but you just I don't know. It's it's I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. You, like you even like back when turn turn, like I knew I was gonna know Kane. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like now, I, now how I, was it? How was it? Okay, well before we can get to, to Kane. For sure. So you did traffic. How many days shooting was that? Twenty seven. And I seen the trailer for that and that seems like that's a like an intense movie. Yes. So every scene that 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 he was in, you made sure you, were you on set like prepping him, making sure that yeah, he definitely, was definitely. And I've seen I've seen the movie already. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with my work. Yeah. I feel like uh, the look that we gave uh, Omar's character, mm-hmm. I feel like he got a really nice look. That's mm-hmm. one of the best looks I've seen on Omar Epps mm-hmm. in a very long time. So I feel fortunate that I was able to create that because mm. he looking good on camera. Mm-hmm. Looking real good. Were you just cutting him on there or were you cutting the, uh, yeah, I was the cutting, other guys I cut Laz Alonzo. Okay. Oh, he cool. We got the same birthday. Cool, mm. cool, brother. I cut Laz Alonzo and, um, you know, whoever else. Yeah. And I cut the stuntman for him, so it's cool to okay. match up the stuntman yeah. uh, with him and stuff like that. So it was a cool experience, definitely. Okay, and that movie comes out? April 27th, April 27th. I believe. I believe. I definitely, definitely. It's this. It's uh, April 2018 for sure. This year. Now, after that, how soon was it when you got the call to go work on this movie with Tyron Turner? That happened. My stuff is sporadic, man. It's last minute. You know, it started off like that way. Because that traffic was filmed filmed when? That was, now I've kind of been bad with dates lately. Maybe it was 2016, maybe. Okay. Um, It probably was 2016. And... It's interesting how when something's filmed and then when it comes out, yeah. like, damn, that's yeah. dope. It's and I, dope. And I hear, like, like wow. the big studios, sometimes those films are really sitting on the shelf heavy, you know, but... but um, The work is there. Yeah, you know? Hidden Empire seemed to get the the films that rolling, you know, once they're done. Mm-hmm. And, um... So the, so the Tyrant Turner movie, what's that called? It's called Meet the Blacks 2. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, so so you're the barber on Meet the, the Blacks sequel. 2, yeah, the sequel. And the sequel is actually, it's not a spoof style movie. It's a, it's a, it's a comedy, it's a comedy and... Uh, Mike Epps is back. Mike Epps is back. The whole cast is there, but it's like, it's got a good story. Mm-hmm. It, 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 visually, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good, it's a good film. It's funny. How original. was it like cutting uh, Mike Epps? Oh, uh, he's, it's funny. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was fun, you know, but it's funny. Like, he comes in, he got a little boombox he'll play. I mean, he got some good mixes on that boombox, but mm-hmm. he'll come through, light the whole room up, change the whole the whole climate of the room mm. put that boom box and just his spirit alone but you know he definitely got he, he coming with the music and I'm so, talking about he make a, he'll make a party out of a room yeah. give him five minutes mm-hmm. yeah 
So your experiences working on set, I mean, I know for you it was just like, wow, like, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad, like, this is definitely where I'm, where I'm heading. Every time I'm on set, it's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And all of the experiences I had as a barber, whether it was cutting in my boy's garage, whether it was cutting in a small room, cutting in my mom's garage, cutting in different barber shops. I grabbed from all those experiences, mm-hmm. cutting in uh, barber competitions where you know you beating you 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 competing against the clock. Mm-hmm. I use all those experiences and it really helps me out on set because mm-hmm. it's time is a is time is the hottest commodity on the planet, mm-hmm. period. So it's it's definitely uh it's definitely something people pay attention to on set. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever time they give me, whatever ET, if they give me uh, uh, um, estimated time, yeah, estimated, yeah, they, twelve minutes, I can produce whatever's needed to be done in a short, short amount of time, just because of my experience. So where do you see yourself going from here? I see myself actually getting into the union. It's crazy. I kind of went. I kind of became depressed over joining the union because when I was finished with the film Traffic, I also worked on a film called Fat Camp. So I had all my days. So I thought, so you need 30 days to get into the union on a union project, but you can't get in a union project if you're not in the union. So, you know, those movies have to flip from non-union to union. Mm -hmm. So I had a total of 33 days. You only need 30. Right. I had 34 days. You only need 30. When I turned in all of my paperwork in, I had 28 days. Mm. Three of my days, 27 days. Uh, a couple of my days were travel days. They didn't count. And three of my days were seven and a half hours. And since they weren't eight hours, I didn't get credit for them. Mm-hmm. So those days expire on their birthday. Right. I needed three days to join the union for about 11 months and wasn't didn't get no job. No job that flipped. Right. So I'm starting over from scratch. Now I have 27 days, 25 days. I need like five more days or whatever. I need like seven days at the most right now. I, I forget the number. It's going to happen. I mean, you already know. Yeah, it's going to happen. But I'm just saying but though, at that, moment, that, that sent time, me to a depression yeah, yeah, because... Yeah. I'm thinking, I got these days. All I need to do is pass my cosmetology test. I I I I leave set. We uh we're on location, so I was filming in um the uh, Bay Area. I come down about two weeks later. I take my cosmo test. Mm. I pass my cosmo test. Mm. The next day, I shoot down the turn and everything. Mm. So I'm I'm seeing the process yeah. like. Like, oh, snap, I passed. Now I got my cosmetology. Mm-hmm. I'm doing license. I got my hours. Boom, I'm about to hit the ground running. But see, the thing about it and is. And I'm like. The, see, the thing about it is, but see, with that, because I'm already, I'm already knowing. Yeah. With that, you got over the hump. The yeah, hump was that definitely. Cosmo. Now, but, I feel you. You did those days on that, on that fat <clears throat> camp. Yeah. I feel that. But what's crazy is, not to interrupt you, but. By me having, you know, I've been married 12 years. You know, I got uh, my son's 14, my daughter's 12. By me jousting with my barber career and all these changes, all these ups and downs, 
it affects more than just myself. Gotcha. If it just affected me, I, don't, I, I eat ramen noodle and it, it's, it's, it's all gotcha. good. But that's not the case. Gotcha. The case is I got a household, I got a, a wife, I got two kids, and all of this ups and downs with my career. Mm. It affects the family, the household. It affects it so... To me, joining unions like joining the NBA. Yeah. You know, so not only the money I'm making at the shop, but yeah. I also have an opportunity to be on projects where yeah. we can get off my wife's medical. We right. can get on, you know, I can get right. on this medical with my whole family. Right. Um, my income definitely would go up. Right. Because like, I, I, I hustle here. I'm, I'm you know, yeah. I can hustle. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not sitting around playing PlayStation and stuff yeah. while I got a family. That's yeah. not that don't happen. Right, right. No knock on that. I'm just saying I, yeah. no, no. I get out there and network and, 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 and plus I'm an I'm an artist and this is a platform and a place where you can get paid for your art form. Yeah. I come in there, it's not based on volume. How I many people right. today I have come in and out the chair. Right. Right. It's about what they needed for this particular project. And, and I was able to look like that. Yeah, because because a film is that that's the product of all the arts coming together producing something. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in photography, hair, makeup, wardrobe, uh, director, mu uh, music, mm -hmm. you know, f uh, far as uh, screenwriting mm -hmm. and performing arts. That's you know, the dope, it's all of the that's arts. That's the dope thing about being on set is that you run into all these different people. So um, your different network, art form. Your network just and grows. they respect your art form. Right, because because of what they can't do it. Right. I've seen them pick up a clipper. That's like maybe if the way I would look picking up a saxophone or the way I would pick look picking up a, a, a paintbrush or something yeah. like that. Like I've seen the way they pick up clippers. They respect the art form. Mm -hmm. They could not halfway do what we do. Right. Right. You know, right. so it's like, and I love that respect. And then at the end of the day, we get paid accordingly. Yeah. I've got to pay the artist wage, yeah. fair, a yeah. fair artist wage. So it really, I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so it depressed, it put me in depression. But from there came my podcast and came the Cut Game Radio Show, something I always had in my yeah, head. It's the same and, exact tunnel. And tunnel I, uh, I, I did that Cut Game Radio Show and. Man, I, um, right now I put it down for about four months because I'm uh, I'm repackaging it, so it's about to, it's about to you know it, I'm about to really put some some money behind it, take off, and mm -hmm. and plus I've been studying broadcast journalism and different things, you know, mm -hmm. so I can I can really be prepared for where the show can go. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I put that together and um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I took the experience I had from being in productions, different productions, yeah. and was able to do that by myself, you yeah. know, yeah. To, to produce something visually yeah. and edit the audio and mm -hmm. have it flow. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember the last episode, we had 5,000 downloads on, that's just Apple, mm -hmm. uh, iTunes. Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to check the analytics because mm -hmm. of the, the hosting that we have, and it was 5,000 What uh, what uh, What's my call? What hosting site were you going through? Libsyn. Okay. Libsyn, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on Podbean. Okay, that, I believe I believe that's one of the good ones. Um, I just know Libsyn is the one I chose because yeah, yeah. a couple YouTube videos, and I'm like, okay, Libsyn, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so so you know that's that's what happened from that. But um, okay, um, well, hey, you know, 
basically where you're going from here. I see the I see the union in your future yeah. the same way I see the union in my future. Exactly. That's why we sitting here today. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Because we the next ones coming through. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's there's less than twenty barbers I heard in the union. Yeah. So, you know, we coming right there. We've already jumped the main hurdle. Yes. Which was that that Cosmo. You know, going through that and finishing that, it made me realize like not every barber wants to go back to Cosmo school and get their license. Nah. They don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Nah, nah. It was hard for me to do that. But I did it. And the fact that it was around the corner from the shop that yeah. I was working at the time. So it was kind of like God saying, you better do this. Yeah. You got to do this. It's right here. You be, I'd be a fool to not do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just glad I was able to do it when I did it. Yeah, nah, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. Because now it wouldn't have worked. Is there any last things you want to say to other people? How can they reach you, contact you? If any barber out there um, wants to hear some encouraging words, he may be sitting at home right now trying to figure out what it is he's trying to do. What what kind of words of encouragement would you give him to an up-and-coming barber out there that's listening to this, this well, podcast? First of all, I would say continue listening to Lounging with Skip podcast. Also, if you have time, check out the Cut Game radio shows, podcast, and also uh, YouTube show. But we uh, definitely a lot of information there. But what I would like to share with the barbers out there is at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, keep God first, period, first and foremost. And go after your dreams. Be a dreamer, but put that foot forward to make your dreams a reality and that's going to involve you networking that's going to involve you building and politicking with different individuals but at the end of the day you got to know you already won you got to you got to visualize yourself already winning sometimes it's not hard especially when you're in a situation where you feel like you might be on the losing end but at the end of the day you won you're a winner and you have to just keep going forward and keep building with people because there's people out there that's looking for you. The way you smile, the way you sound, the way you walk, what you bring to the table, you exactly what they need. But you just have to get out there and show that to them. You don't have to be nobody but yourself. And that's one thing I can share with everybody. And just continue just perfecting your craft. Just continue perfecting your craft. That's pretty much what it is. And don't know? stop doing what it is. You're doing to achieve your goal. Exactly. You know, stay positive. But do work on efficiency. Don't get confused with effectiveness. You know, always find the most efficient way to do you. Uh, Therefore, you're using less energy, less material to produce the same version of yourself. What's your favorite favorite Clippers that you like to use? Oh, all five-star senior. But now that I went cordless, it's the uh, wall magic clip. You like the magic clips? Oh man. I, like I don't know it. why, but for some reason it's like sometimes depending on how I'm cutting, they'll kind of snag sometimes. That's when that battery getting old. I kinda had a pair out of wore out that battery and you just gotta get a fresh pair and you cool. I heard you could send them in and stuff. You know, I plan on doing that one day. Yeah. You know, just getting you know. So how can everybody reach you? You can reach me on any of my social medias, any of the popular social medias. At Groom City or at The Cut Game. And you can also go on thecutgame.com. And that's pretty much it. My phone number. (laughs) I can give out the phone number real quick. (laughs) Phone number is 
310-926-1581. Please respect it. Call for whatever you need to call me for. Text. It's all good. Email me. Thecutgame at gmail.com. T-R-E Edwards at iCloud.com. T-A-Y-A-R-I Edwards at iCloud.com. You got a lot of ways people can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you I mean, got to stay all the way connected. That's I want people I mean. to be yeah. able to reach out to me because, I mean, you'll be amazed on the opportunities I give people able mm. to reach me. Mm. You know, so like uh, someone called me today and and wants to book me for a commercial for mm. the 13th and the 14th. Mm. I don't know who, where they got my number from. Mm. Of course, I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I find that out when I meet them. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Got to stay positive. Any negativity out there? Oh, I need to say something, too. You know, I like, you know, you got to pray for your enemies and stuff. And people a lot of times get bogged down because they might have a for real hater mm-hmm. or someone that's for real just 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 being negative towards them and actually doing this to the point where they where they being proactive with their negativity you got to thank God for them because first of all that's validation on who you are and second of all they'll make you aware of different opportunities and different uh, flaws about yourself and when I say flaws I'm talking about areas where you may be slacking in that that make you aware and you can tighten up so you can take that information and tighten up and just keep pushing. So you don't have to ask people who support you what you got going on and where you need to work at. Just listen to someone that's throwing some negativity out and they'll let you know. And you can tighten up in those areas and keep pushing. And they might even let you know what you got going on that you may not be aware <laughs> of, you know. So it's so, like so, so the haters can basically help you. Oh, it's validation. The haters help you. It's validation. Because mm-hmm. pats on the back is cool. We, I mean, that, it always feels good. But at the end of the day, um, hearing, hearing, sometimes having some haters, you can, it really had you refine your, your, your product. Mm-hmm. Refine yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if you're able to take it that way. So I'll say. You so know, appreciate the haters. Appreciate everything, man. Appreciate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Appreciate, appreciate the, the rain, negativity. appreciate yeah. the sun. You know, mm. it's all, it all got the rain, purpose. Appreciate the pain, appreciate the sun, appreciate the fun. Exactly. It all got its purpose. You know, you just, but you just got to stay positive when you, when you chewing on that information and digesting it. You just got to stay positive the whole way through. You know, because sometimes you can misinterpret the hate too. It could be constructive criticism, it could be whatever. Whatever it is, just stay positive. That's all. Hey, T, you know, on that note, man, hey, I appreciate you coming through, Thanks, man. man. Lounging with Skip, you know what I'm saying? That's what's Straight up. Straight up, real talk, you know what I'm saying? And until next time, peace.